You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Yes, hello everyone. I appreciate all of you coming here to this, you know, sad day, this memorial, <laughs> this one of us.net memorial service for all reviews and reviewers that have come to pass. I just want to thank our organizer, Miss Harmony, who set up the Chris Cox project <laughs> as wow. a way to raise funding <laughs> wow. for this organization, this good cause to revive our network. Thank you so much, Harmony. Anything to revive Chris's career is going to be great. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. I know. And we need this right now in this time of grief. God. And as we move on through this life, I just want everyone knows the signature on my cast. Well, actually, it's a carpal tunnel. Neoprene. Wristlet. <laughs> but, you know, it's the spirit of the thing. The memory of written on my cast, of course, Mr. Frank, Aww. you know, who we all will miss forever. Oh, wait. Oh, he's right over there. Hey, Frank. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. I just had a Sharpie and I did not know what to do with it. So, hey. Hey, I'm waving through the window at you. Hello. Hello. Aww. And of course, I am Mindy, and this opening may seem kind of random and somewhat harsh, but <laughs> as we all know, things get kind of lost sometimes. And does anybody have a map? Anybody maybe happen to know how the hell to do this? <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but this is me just pretending to know. So where's a map? I need a clue. Cause the scary truth is I'm flying blind. I'm flying blind. I'm flying blind and I'm making this up as I go. Lovely. That lovely. was really lovely, but that could have been from the musical last night, and I would not have remembered. Well, funny you should mention, mention, that. mention that. Because cut. that is the opening song for the musical version of the film we are reviewing today. Oh. Yes, we are that? reviewing the okay. film version right. of Dear Evan Hansen, which is based on the successful... Well, it started off in 2015, but came to Broadway 2016 musical. Lots of acclaim. We were all kids then. Right. We were all kids back yeah. then. <laughs> ben Platt reviving his role as the lead character. Slash not letting it go, holding right, on to it. Right. Right. <laughs> well, since we already have slight opinions going on, does anybody want to get through the synopsis of this one first? <sighs> okay. We've got our lead character, Evan Hansen, who has been asked to write letters to himself in order to appease his therapist basically it's kind of a 
hey, here's a activity. Here's something you can try. We're going to make this a good day. Just write to yourself every day. And so he does this. He's kind of one of the lost kids of school. Doesn't have any friends. Doesn't have any activities. Doesn't, you know, any of that stuff. Is really sad and lonely and has a kind of a bullying situation with this kid named Connor after Evan breaks his arm. Connor finds one of Evan's letters, which happens to mention Connor's sister. And Connor flips out. Connor ends up taking his own life with Evan's letter in his pocket. Connor's parents think that Connor had written the letter to Evan. Thinks it's a suicide note. Thinks it's a suicide note. And things don't go well. (laughs) I mean, like... Well, they do it first. Certainly not ethical. It spirals. (laughs) It spirals, doesn't it? It spirals really quickly into like, oh my god, yeah. He becomes like a cause celebre, you know, doesn't he? He, uh, Everyone tries to jump on this sort of train of like... Because he does legitimately suffer from anxiety and depression, and mm-hmm. obviously Connor has suffered from stuff as well. Yeah. And so everyone tries to rally around him and essentially unknowingly rallying around this lie, which he lets continue. Can't let go. No. Can't let go. Mm-hmm. Can't let like go. the idea of him being 18 years old. <laughs> Can't let go of it. Yeah. Hey, uh... senior year is hard. <laughs> <laughs> takes a few tries. <laughs> About 10. Does this lie snowballs and he gets more and more engrossed in it he also becomes more and more engrossed in connor's family and what that means as this lie grows and then as the lie is finally revealed because of course that's gonna happen that's the way these stories go Mm -hmm. so how do we think about this adaptation i've got the benefit of only knowing it as a movie musical i'm not looking at what certain stuff that was missing or what something doesn't make sense because stuff was you don't know changed yeah i don't know so i can just take it on on the surface unfortunately i feel this movie takes everything on the surface for the most part yeah i had the same issue with with when i watched something like benjamin button it feels like we have this main character whose sole purpose is just to react to everything around him and i get that this is a damaged character but only because i've been told he is i never really get to know him and that was a big stumbling block for me. Forget that he doesn't, the choices that he makes, I don't really get to know enough about him to become invested in his journey. I thought everybody else was great. Every time that the scenes with Connor's family, they're some of the most genuine moments of the film. I love seeing this family deal with their different variations of pain. I also think that it's very surface, and this is coming from somebody who saw this as a touring Broadway. So I know the stage play. And what really bugs me about this adaptation is the fact that musicals in their very nature are dramatic, they're theatrical, and trying to condense that into a movie is difficult because movies tend to be, at least the style nowadays is to be focused on realism. So you have this play and trying to turn it into something realistic does not work very well. There are certain parts that do. Sincerely Me worked, but it worked because it added a fantasy element to it. Mm -hmm. Which one was that one? It's they're making up the emails. Oh, that one made me so uncomfortable. That was that sort of like vaudevillian yep. sort of like when they were done. And that's the point. That was so bizarre. I was, uh, yeah. And I can't leave the room. Right. Because I'm here. <laughs> and the thing about that is that the elements that they could have used in the film in order to make it a smoother transition into film, 
they deleted. Like, Connor has a much bigger part in the play. Like, he is the voice in Evan's head that he talks to throughout the show that is his conscience. They could have used that to create more of the theatricality. I think I would like to see that on the stage. I don't think I'd like to see that on the screen, though. That works really well in a stage environment. That's a good point. Because I do love going to musicals. But I think that that's something that just would play out so beautifully on there. I don't know how that would work on the screen for the level of realism that this movie's going for. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they should have gone with realism. Yeah. Like, the one of the things that really took me out of it was the fact that they were so hyper-focused on realism. And then he breaks into song. And especially they would talk during parts of the songs. And it's like, that is not what people do in real life. They don't do that. So already it's taking you out of it. Right. I think after that number, the one number I really couldn't stand was the one where he comes clean to the family. Words fail. Words fail. Yeah. I thought, why are you singing right now? You're robbing them of their reactions to everything that you've done. And this is not right. Maybe on the stage it's different, but this is not cinematic in any way. This is just shortchanging characters here. Yeah, That's part of it. And also part of it is that one of the things that got essentially deleted from the film is Evan's rise and Evan's fall. Because in the film, it's not just his connection to the Murphy family, who's Connor's family. It's also his prestige at school. It's also his relationship with his mom, which Julianne Moore plays, and they totally underutilized. Her part is so much bigger, so much more with her character. Right. They could have done so much more with her character. I'm also wondering if that was like a COVID thing as well, because she's so by herself in every scene that she's in for the most part. Who knows? But I mean, even if that were the case, like she has so many different scenes with Evan that creates their relationship. And the song I sang at the beginning, Anybody Have a Map? That song establishes the relationship with Evan and his mom and the Connors as a family unit. The fact that that song was taken away, we lose took that. away a lot of exposition and it took away a lot of the foundation of their relationship that I don't think it ever really recovered from. No, because the one time that we do see them together, it is very abrupt and it's very spontaneous. It felt like it just had to happen at some point. Forced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's really forced. And also, you know, that's all, you know, all the kind of the negative things about it. But like some of the really great parts of this is that they did a style of sound direction and sound editing that they kind of go away from in the more recent modern musicals, which is they're actually singing the live singing as it's yeah. happening. So not like they're singing to a track. Yes. They're not lip syncing. There is an organic feeling that comes across because of that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I give it a lot of props for that, but the story itself, the music's great and the story is wholly uncomfortable though. And as a person who has been in a mental institute and has suffered from depression and anxiety, I don't think this does anybody any benefit like that. It just makes it really hurtful. Is it because they don't engage with it enough? It's because everything's so forced mm-hmm. and nothing feels real. Nothing feels like, oh yeah, they would absolutely let you have a phone in rehab or, you know, like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> well, I think part of it too, again, it comes with what they cut yeah. because a lot of what they cut dealt with relationships yeah. and building 
that is how you show that sort of stuff. Right. Really quickly to your point, this is a film, a story that heavily depends on the relationships in order to work. Yes. Right. And that is the thing, especially the relationship with his mom. And it feels like they shifted the focus of the film version to be Evan by himself. And he's not a hero. First of all, he's not a hero. And second, his journey in the script, which it's weird that the screenwriter of the play also wrote this. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know your source material, so why did you make these changes? His arc and his journey is tied directly to his relationship with his mother. And the fact that that was so undermined, and the fact that like the ending, they use the same ending in a sense, but since it didn't have those previous scenes, it didn't hit. Right. And they even changed the ending so that it was a weaker choice. Yeah. Like in the ending of the movie, he reveals the lie to his mother and his mother is like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. In the play, it's actually one of the most powerful moments in the play where she finds the letter online as Connor's suicide note, realizes that it is Evan's therapy homework and comes to him about it. Right. And they have this exchange of it's like, I saw this. I recognized it. I had no idea you were hurting like this. And he's like, I didn't tell you. And she goes, you shouldn't have had to. Right. Mm. And that is such a powerful moment of her recognizing how she failed that is completely gone from the movie. And that pissed me off so much. I kind of dislike her in the movie. Yes! I feel like I didn't dislike her, but I felt like we weren't getting the full picture with them. I felt like it was just in flashes. It's like, there's not enough for me to like really make a judgment call on whether or not she's a bad parent. No, right. It just wasn't enough. And keep in mind, this is an almost two and a half hour movie. I was going to say, it's like two and a half hours and we have like absolutely no connection to anybody. No. It's just not there. They're kept at, at a very specific distance right. from us. Mm -hmm. All about Evan. It's all about Evan. <laughs> and it makes him really unlikable. Everything about it just feels not great. I also don't know, apart from his bad choice. Yeah. You right. Know. And the fact that he has anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And again, his characterization comes from his relationships, yeah. which since they didn't focus on them, you don't get to know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. Final thoughts? <laughs> sure. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> I really meant when I said I love the scenes with the Murphys. In fact, I like two musical numbers in this out of like over a dozen i liked requiem a lot yes. i love seeing piece. how this death manifested itself in different ways within this family unit and even though they're not meant to be the focus of dear evan hansen i really liked seeing them play out specifically in this number in fact when danny pino who plays connor's stepfather i choked up when he walked through the door and everything that had been contained within him finally came out and him and Amos, Am, who plays this connor's mother when they finally connected on that one level, that was a very human moment that I felt the film was robbed largely of. There weren't enough of those. Mm -hmm. I think that what Stephen Shabsky did right in his direction was he really utilized how intimate some of these moments can be. 
that they couldn't be on stage. I mean, that's the ultimate difference between film and stage. Like, there's a shot of Connor's bedroom with holes in the wall. Yeah. That I thought was really telling. And all we needed was that one shot to show the kind of world this family was living in. Yeah. And I think also the anonymous ones is a great song. I listened to it earlier today. That is actually an addition to the movie. Yeah, that's not in the original stage. Oh, really? Because I think that really drove home this sort of universality of what this movie was trying to go for in terms of theme. I think that that song was actually uh, nailed it. I think those are the only elements that I feel really worked. I do see the good intentions here. I'm sorry, Ben Platt. You look almost 30. And I know everyone's been tossing out that Greece comparison. Everybody in Greece looks like an adult. The thing is, everybody in Greece looks like an adult. Yeah. Here, it's just you. You're the only one that looks like an adult. That's kind of glaring. All right. I respect people that say, oh, they're the only ones that could do it. They're the only ones that could perform in that role. No, they're the only ones that could perform it that way. Yeah. You're an actor. You're not the second coming. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to give this, based on those elements, which I did feel, those two songs and the dynamic between that family unit, I got to give this six out of 10 gluten free apple pies. Doesn't that sound amazing? Ooh, that's delicious. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and you harmony like the things that i really liked about the movie were the music and the sound design and how that worked (laughs) i think the songs worked i think the emotions were there i think because of the songs being so great and the performances of the songs were great i didn't hate it i definitely didn't love it though i wanted to really like this And I wanted to be like emotionally moved and like the songs were nice and great, but it didn't hit for me. I think some of it was, you know, maybe it's my own personal baggage with mental health and stuff like that. Or the fact that, you know, Ben Platt looks like he's 30 and he's kissing like a kid. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. that's like somebody needs to call him the cops. <laughs> like there were some moments I'm like, no, this is not going to be okay. But I give props for everybody doing the best they could with what they had. But like Mindy was saying, kind of the storytelling devices they were using isn't appropriate for this. Really quickly. Can I ask what, like, cause I saw this on a screen or I saw it in bed, so I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like waiting for me when I got back. Cause you guys went to the screening for this. What was the audience? What was the room like? They were laughing at really inappropriate times. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? like these were people who were like, oh, this is uncomfortable, you know, or were laughing uh. at parts that like, I definitely didn't find funny. Like when he's picking up the pill off the bathroom floor and blows on it and puts it in his mouth. Like that, yeah, they laughed that is at a that. low moment. And people are like, oh, it was legit COVID when they made this. So, but I mean, it was a on. pill, <laughs> you know, but it seems like the emotional content was such a miss mm-hmm. that people didn't know how to react to it. Right. And that, that's where it's failed. It's mm-hmm. not the singing. It's not even really the storytelling, but the emotional connection was not there. Well, those are connected. You think they're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to give this, because the music was really great. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give this six out of 10 fresh apples right off the tree. Yeah, we're going to make this a six, six, six. Oh, God. I know, right? And the thing is, I know the power that this play has. I'm coming to it having seen the stage play live, and I actually had one of the most profound theater moments of my life watching that play, and I will share it. I was watching it with my husband. We were sitting on the aisle, and 
You Will Be Found is right before intermission, which is the song all about even at your lowest points, you will be found, people love you, hang on. It's a very moving song. It's a beautiful song. And I'm there sobbing, my husband's reacting accordingly. And there was a guy a couple rows ahead of us at intermission who started walking up the aisle to get to the lobby. And he saw us and he took one of my hands and one of my husband's hands, complete stranger, by the way, did this and collapsed into us sobbing. Like he was weeping into our laps wow. and we're there holding him and, you know, giving him space. And when he was calm enough, he was like, I really needed to hear this today. Oh, what a good experience. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, that is the power of art. And that is particularly the power of this piece. So it's like, I know that this piece has the power to reach people. And it didn't. No. And it didn't because of the changes that they made to the script, at least in my opinion, because like we said repeatedly, they focused on Evan yeah. instead of Evan and because that's the story. It's Evan and his mom, yeah. Evan and the Murphys. That he's not alone. Yeah. Evan and his classmates. And a lot of the choices that they made, the changes were ultimately weaker choices mm -hmm. that reduced the power that this thing had. Like, you know, you mentioned the stepfather. Here's the thing. In the play, he's not the stepfather. He's the father. Oh. And the only reason that they made him a stepfather was so that Amy Adams can turn to him and say, like, you know, he couldn't connect to you because you're not his real dad. And, like, that felt cheap. That's cheap. And it was a low blow, too, yeah. It felt cheap. I thought it was sort of, like, compounding loss for the Caitlin Deaver character and the Amy Adams character. Like, we already lost, like, one person we love, and now we got to lose another person we love. I thought that was, like, a cheap shot when they doing that, you know? It was such a a cheap shot there was no need to do it there's plenty of there whatever the reason it was not necessary yeah exactly and having you know mrs murphy be like well you just quit on things after a couple weeks again not in the play unnecessary added cheapness to it and again all the little changes you know again the thing with evan's mom the fact that, that got reversed weakened the ending and knowing that the co-producer of this is Ben Platt's dad, right? part of me is going, you focus this on your son because he's your son. Mm -hmm. And this isn't about your son. This is about the story. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that makes me angry. You shortchanged so much. Yes, exactly. You shortchanged so much because yeah. you wanted to focus on your son. And That's that is fair to this script because it's a beautiful script. I do like one of the changes they did to the ending, which was showing him genuinely trying to find out who Connor was once it was revealed that he didn't know him. I think that showed some growth in Evan that isn't in the play. But honestly, that's like the biggest takeaway from it. That and the disappointment that it isn't as powerful as the source material. So, as I said, I'm going to give it a triple six <laughs> out of ten actors that are way too old to play this part. I'm sorry, Ben. You are 27 years old and you look like you're 27 years That's old. Gross. You are not 18 and you making out with a little teenager is gross. Yeah. It's gross. To be fair, I mean, I'm sure she can buy shots for the entire cast. She's old enough to, but she looks like looks she like can't. And that's the thing. And dude, we see bags under your eyes. I mean, come on. No shade, but shade. So much shade. Shade of the orchard trees. 
<laughs> Absolute shit. Like, they could have maybe raised the age of everybody or something. I don't know. Like, all the actors that were teenagers were being played by slightly older people. Like, that would have made sense. But it would not have felt gross. <laughs> but I don't know. I just want to stay away from pie. Grosser than gluten-free apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have a dramatic reading of Ben Platt's angry reaction to everyone thinking he's a creepster for playing Evan Hansen. I think the reaction is largely from people who don't understand the context of the piece. The fact that I created the role and workshopped it for three years, were I not to do the movie, it probably wouldn't get made. And so I think my defensive response is to want to go onto Twitter and be like, F you guys, you don't even know that this wouldn't exist without me. Of course, that's not true entirely and not my place to say. All I have to do is let the work speak for itself. That was a dramatic reading, sponsored by Mark Platt's Nepotism. <laughs>